peace peace now today's episode is going to be a banger um i've got a very special guest coming on so i've got to give you the introduction before the introduction my name is jasmine and this is my journal um this episode is longer than my usual episodes um but you know this woman has so much wealth it's just we would probably have to talk about 10 episodes to get out the or more to get out the amount of things she knows when it comes to money and finances so i'm really excited about her coming on i hope you enjoy it stay tuned Hello. Peace, peace. Okay, let me get started with my introduction. Boy, do I have a banger for everyone today. My name is Jasmine, and this is my journal, and I have a very special guest with me today. Saran, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what you do? Uh, Yeah, my name is Saran Baker. I am a financial strategist, and what I do is I help people eliminate debt, create generational wealth, and retirement income, and I also help people set up income streams they cannot outlive, Um, just to keep it simple. (laughs) (laughs) So what got you into, like, working with finances and stuff like that? What led you down that path? Uh, Honestly, it was really more of a calling um, I answered it finally, if you will, <laughs> because uh, it was something that, you know, kind of happened early on in my life. My, um, and you don't even know this about me, Jazz. My, my mom was killed in a car accident when I was 22 and, but I had six siblings under the age of 18 and I became guardian of three of them. And so at that time, there was no life insurance. There was nothing, you know. And at the time, I had just graduated college. So I kind of spent all my money, you know, that good graduation money that you get from getting out of college. And I had my first full-time job. And I had a part-time job because I was trying to make money. And I spent all of that, you know, kind of um, taking care of all her final arrangements. And then, you know, becoming the guardian of the kids. And so the, the first couple of times I was called into, you know, the financial space, I was like, ah, I can't do it. I don't know enough. I don't have enough money. Who, what am I going to tell people? You know, all the excuses we make not to do something. Um, and then this last time I was kind of looking around trying to figure out, you know, like, I want to have an amazing retirement. You know, everybody's grown. I'm like trying to figure out me now. And um, then I got, you know, introduced into it again. So I started taking state licenses because you got to be licensed to do like all of this stuff. Right. So I just and then I just went in. It was something that I promise you every time I mess my in the industry, they're like, you just got in this industry. I'm like, yeah, they're like, how do you know all this? I'm like, because I've been studying it my whole life um, and just kind of not doing it and helping other people do it. I just noticed from. um just to let everyone know, Saran is also a part of our spiritual family uh, with teacher Indra Ali. 
um, spiritual accelerators. I'm telling y'all, we got some of the dopest people in this group. But I've noticed from connecting with you that your the the information that you have, um, you give it so effortlessly. Like I went to a few of your lives where you guys talk about finances and it's just levels upon levels of information. That's what made me realize like I need to get with Saran. Yeah. You know, because the levels upon levels of knowledge that you have to give back to people to help them with their finances, it's um you you can't beat it. Um, what advice would you give for someone who has like very limited income or like maybe live from paycheck to paycheck or anything like that? Well, <laughs> first of all, figure out how not to be paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I say that in jest, but you know, seriously, it's stressful to be under that kind of pressure from week to week or, you know, every two weeks or every month financially, right? Been there, done that, got the t-shirt, you know, and, you know, if we can start taking advantage of some opportunities to make money, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you said, you know, we're in the spiritual accelerating, you know, Andrew Ali, he always says it's money's man-made go make some if you need some go make some I love some. it when he say that right? that is the truth and it's not about <laughs> printing it so so to speak it's to say that your body your physical body your spiritual your mental you have all the tools you need to go out and make money right and there's so many different avenues you know today to do it that you can just kind of figure out a way to you know I mean to the simplest thing is go buy three cases of water, stand outside and sell it, and you could triple your money. I'm not advising to do that because, you know, there's some safe, simple ways to create the income flow. Because when we start thinking in lack, right, mm-hmm. because money is money is very, very spiritual, you know, and that's and, and that's, you know, kind of why the spiritual journey is so important to me, too, that. It's so spiritual. The more we think we don't have, the less we're going to have. And say that again. You heard more. (laughs) The more we think we don't have, the less we're going to have. And the more we start thinking in abundance, then we will start to see abundance. And we start to see the overflow and and think, you know what? One day I'm going to, and even if you have to every day wake up and say, you know what? I'm the doing the I'm I'm the best at this. I'm helping as many people as I can. I'm doing my job. I'm, you know, finding ways to be creative. I'm taking advantage of opportunities. I'm building myself up. And I know that the the that the financial blessings are gonna flow to me. And, you know, kind of self-talking your way into it. You know, I used to have a thing where, you know, I told you the you, a little bit of the story of, you know, when my mom died, but I was dead broke after my mom died. You know, because then I was making $32,000 a year, which was amazing in 1999, 1998, right? Uh, yeah. But it wasn't when I, <laughs> I added kids in a $1,000 a month daycare bill, right? It right. made everything negative. I didn't have money. I had to go figure out how to get food and daycare and this and that. And people don't believe me, but I used to go to a church every Saturday to get free food. But I refused to stand in the line to get the food. You know what I did? I'd get there two hours before they started. I'd go stand in the line to sign up the volunteer. I'd give all the food out to everybody else who came and then take what was left. Because I refused to be that needy that I had to stand in the line and receive the food. I'd rather them be like, okay, we got stuff left over. Y'all 
just take it home that I work for it because I didn't want anybody to hand anything to me. Right. And because I, I knew I had the resources, I just hadn't figured out how to get these things to flow and make the money come to me. And I mean, I would come home every day like this is going to be a check in this mailbox. I don't know who it's coming from, but there's a check in here. You know, that's back when we used to get checks in the mail. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> now we're looking at our cash app. I think somebody's gonna cash at me today. Bless me today. <laughs> or somebody's Bless gonna come, or, or some money's gonna come through. I mean, and 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 for real, for real, I still get checks in the mail. And it and it's it's the strangest thing. I'll go to the mailbox and be like, why is there a check in here for like it'll be 17 bucks, but it's still, you know, money is prosperity. But we're gonna keep going, sister. Yeah, I was gonna say I lost going. you. <laughs> I don't know where I lost you. Okay, so the the so we talked about some spiritual and some metaphysical things to think about, right? Change your attitude, yeah. change your posture, get in a position of gratitude, be thankful for what you have and where you are, right? right. Practical. I'm gonna say a dirty word. Get a budget. <laughs> oh a budget. I don't care if you got to take a pencil and a piece of paper and write down, this is what the money is that I have coming in. This is what I'm spending money going out. And you got to look at it, right? And I don't care how bad it is. I don't care if, I mean, if you do a spreadsheet and you have negative numbers at the bottom, then find a way because it gives you an easier way to move things around and think about it, right? I have people do budgets and stuff a lot of times and they'll realize, I didn't realize I was spending $300 a month at Chick-fil-A. No knock on Chick-fil-A. It's a very delicious meal if you still eat chicken, right? But yeah. do you want to spend $300 there a month? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or people will realize that they have all these phantom charges. And, you know, those little commercials are right for those little fancy apps. All these phantom memberships and this and that. Well, we forget sometimes that we're paying for stuff and we're not using it. You know, think about that, but you won't think about it until you really see it on paper because it's a reality check. It's kind of like if you're trying to lose weight, you take those shameful photos that every trainer wants you to take (laughs) (laughs) to see where you are. And you're like, oh my God, don't show them to me. (laughs) You know what? I did that. I created an, uh, an Excel sheet and I learned this from my grandmother. Of course, you know, she back, she, she from way back. So she had a notebook and a pencil. Mm-hmm. And every time she bought something, she would get the receipt. I don't care if it was a bag of chips. Mm-hmm. She would write it down in her notebook so she could gauge where her money was going. But I created a spreadsheet on Excel. Another thing that I did was I downloaded an app. And the app tracks your bank account. And I didn't realize how much money in subscriptions I had coming out. Like you said, those little bitty $1.99 Google things and $2.14 Google things. And on this app, it gives you the option to cancel them out and they'll do it for you. You just click a button and put your login information in and the app will cancel whatever subscription you have for you. Mm-hmm. I had so many, I didn't even know where they were coming from. Right. And I was and- able to save myself like $163 a month just canceling stuff. But look, and so then, so the smart thing to do when you take that $163, right, is think Mm -hmm. about where am I going to put that $163? And so depending on what your financial goals, you could put it a couple different places. You know, depending on your age, if you're over 40, any extra money you have, honestly, you should be redirecting to your retirement plans. Um, uh, Any type of different accounts and, you know, I set different ones up. But to 
you know, you should be redirecting it to retirement. You know, I actually just wrote my script for Monday and I'm going to be saying something like that on Monday. But you should be taking it and putting it aside for retirement because we don't think about it. I know we think, oh, more fun money, but nah, you don't want to be, you know, short on funds when you're 80. <laughs> so you gotta I got a question for you regarding retirement there. accounts. And these are for folks who have retirement accounts through their full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. Would it be smart to get a separate retirement account along with your retirement account that you have at your job? Absolutely. Because here's the thing with the retirement accounts at our jobs, and, and I don't know how much time we're going to be on here talking because you don't have to talk about money all day. But the thing is with your retirement account, first things first, they didn't come about until the 60s, 1960s, right? Because they were doing away with pension plans because companies didn't want to pay us for the rest of our lives when we stopped working. And those retirement plans aren't really designed for you to put enough money in there for you to live off. They really are, you know, enough. It's going to be just enough to where you're still going to need potentially some assistance, right? You know, when you look at the average group of a hundred people, you know, most people are going to be dependent on the government when they go into retirement. Um, And I go into detail on that on one of my webinars. So most people will be dependent on the government, family and friends and charity for retirement, right? And that's about 40 to 60% of the, of the population, right? Then some, you know, they'll be okay um, for a little while. And then, then there'll be a pop, then there'll be a group that they'll already, be, they'll already be dead. They'll be already hanging out with the ancestors, just rolling with the punches, right? right. And then there'll be like a little tiny <laughs> one, two, three 3% <laughs> who are absolutely financially stable. And if we don't pivot now, you won't be there. And so definitely if you have a work plan, get the free money. Free money is the matching money. If they're matching you 3%, 6%, go get that free money, girl or, or guy, whoever's listening, right? Get the mm-hmm. money. And then be strategic with the rest. We should have, think about it in, in levels. You should have a little bit of it in risk based on your risk tolerance, something that's going to get you a bigger bang for your buck. But it also has a risk for loss. Then you want to have some stuff at medium and then you want to have some that's low, right? And you decide, you know, kind of how to break those quadrants up based on what your needs are, right? I'm not a huge risk taker, so I got like less than, you know, 10% of what I'm planning in risk. But I do have some things out there in risk and they're doing really good. So I'm really excited about that, you know, and then some things in medium. And then reevaluate your strategy. A lot of people are taking um, a hit right now in their retirement accounts because they are invested in the stock. So if you're within five years of retirement, there are some options. You could move to annuities, um, roll them in there, get a guarantee rate. They're not high. They're super secure. You're going to get like 3%, 4% at best on those joints. But it's guaranteed, you know, um, depending on which, you know, type of and then some people are moving their things into um, putting them putting them into accounts where they're going to get um, some investments, where they're doing some cash value strategies, where they're moving it around. And some people are playing around in Bitcoin. Some people are playing around in the stock market. But really, you have to evaluate what you feel comfortable doing, right? And knowing that there's a learning curve when you go into the riskier areas. Um, but don't do it alone. Talk to someone. You know, it's like 
I always laugh and I talk to my financial friends because people always say, always see me and they say, oh, you know what? I'm a, I'm getting ready to come talk to you. And I'm like, well, what are you doing to get ready? <laughs> They're like, I'm going to get my finances together and I'm going to come talk to you. I'm like, that's like losing weight before you go see the trainer. What's the point of you going to see the trainer if you already did it? Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, I know we don't we don't want people to see our messiness, but we see it all the time. And the thing is, is it's for us to really, it's for us to really um, learn and grow from it. The scariest part about your finances or our finances is really taking a hard look at what we're doing with it, what, what we're doing with our money, right? And then right. to make it kind of spiritual, why are you spending money that way? You got to ask yourself that question. Are you trying to fill a void from something in childhood? Are you trying to, you know, overcompensate for your children for things that maybe you didn't have or overcompensate with yourself for something that didn't happen or you buying yourself out, you know, buying your way out of guilt or what is it? That's making, if you're an overspender and you're doing certain things, or you mismanaging things because that was the only thing you were shown and that's what you saw. And so you're like, let me just repeat it. And you're not even thinking about it and taking a deeper dive to say, is that what I want? You know, <clears throat> excuse me. So it really takes time to think of, to move forward because if someone comes to me and says, Saran, I want to get out of debt. People always come to me and say they want to get out of debt. And I always know who's serious because they never reply back with the form I send them and say, all right, well, tell me where all your stuff is. Here's a, here's a data form. I need to know all your income. I need to know all your assets. I need to see, I need to know all your bills. I need to know your interest rate. I need to know how much you're paying or not paying. I need to know all of that. Most people disappear because they don't want to face it. They don't even want to fill out the form. Because it's too, I guess it's too emotionally distraught. And the thing is, is that how are you going to move forward unless you do that one step? I'm not asking, and when a financial person is putting something together for you, they're not asking you to bear your whole soul. We just want to see the numbers. Because <laughs> I, I don't see the numbers. It's like, it's like going to the doctor's office, telling the doctor you got a pain in your side, and he stands there and just looks at you and says, all right, take these three prescriptions. And you're like, but you didn't even touch me. You didn't stick anything in my ear. You didn't shake my heart rate. You didn't, you know. You didn't push it. You didn't give me, send me to get an x-ray. You didn't, you just gave me a prescription because I told you my side hurt. Wow. Well, and that's the same thing when you look at, you know, finances or debt. If I'm going to do a debt reduction program, which I have debt reduction programs, right? And to some extent, when you do a debt reduction program, you do have to kind of have some money to go into the debt reduction plan, right? That's why, we, mm -hmm. that's why someone will ask you where's your money because what we're going to do is go and look at it and redirect it and show you a better way to 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 spend the money to pay down the debt in a more efficient way because a lot of us have the money just like you found 163 dollars i promise you if i if i sent you my data form and you sent it back to me and showed me where you're spending all your money i could tell you where to and it would be more efficient for you wow. but 
most of us are in our little feelings and our little shadows like we don't want anybody to see i that's the only thing about finance i get to go to the shadow place with you of your money <laughs> and you're spiritual on top of that and you're gifted so the beautiful thing about you is that you have the ability to see through those layers to see because even when you were talking i was thinking about how my spending habits are and how Mm-hmm. I just, it just can't, epiphany, just, I'm my mother, you know, mm-hmm. if I see something I want, I'll just buy it, you know, and I'll probably never touch it, I still got stuff, you know what I mean, it's like, you start to see those, you start to see, and I, and I realize that I spend more money when I'm depressed, because it's like filling a void, like I go order toys that I don't even want to play with, I'll order decks of cards just to give away, and that's all money that could have went somewhere else. And I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, this is my journal. So I'm always very transparent when I speak. So I'm not afraid to um, speak about my demons here. That's what the platform's mm-hmm. for. You know, oh, or sure. when, I, when I'm when i emotional, I eat a little bit more than usual. And of course, that's where the money's going to go. Because if I'm emotional and I want some pizza or something, I'm going to go get some, you know. So, yeah, you made some very valid points how we have emotional connections to how we spend our money. And healing those parts of us is key to moving on from that. You know what I mean? Oh. So, but of course, it takes a certain degree of openness and willingness to admit that there's an issue in a certain area of your life so you can make the right change. <coughs> Saran, did I lose you, hon? No idea why this thing keeps kicking me out. You know, we already have some rain here in Ohio, so it's probably my part that keeps kicking you out. But <coughs> we gonna keep going because we rocking. Okay, okay. Well, I figure you know how to put it back together some type of way. <laughs> Girl, I'm um, just gonna put it. I'm gonna I'm gonna line them up. Line them so, up. But so the thing is, is that when we you know come to awareness of stuff, right? And mm-hmm. it's tough. Cause I, I experienced it this week. I came to awareness about something and I'm like, Oh, ice cream dream, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, and I, and it was, it was something that, you know, and I'll share, I came to the awareness of, you know what, your ego's out of whack right now. And I just kind of laugh, like my ego's out of whack. Like I'm not one of those people I'm confident, but I'm not overbearing in my mind. Right. But you know, Spirit was like, no, your ego's out of whack because you think you're above doing certain things to get things done. And that's exactly what you need to do to get to your next level. And I was like, oh, so, <laughs> you know, because it's something I feel like I graduated from. I'm like, I graduated from that. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. And he's like, yeah, your ego's out of whack. You don't really want it because this is what you need to do to go to the next level. Right. And that's the, and and I had to you know own that like all right so what you gonna do you gonna do it or you gonna stay here right and and that's the same thing that most of us experience when we go through our financial journey because it's gonna be levels to it you know there's times when we don't have and like you said you you earlier you were saying about emotional spending and and then and you asked the question about people living check to check I guarantee you. I shouldn't say 90, 99% of the time, because we won't say everybody, right? But a lot of people who are living check to check, I bet if I go to their house, I'll look around and I'll see where their money went. Because we spend it on knickknacks. We, you know, because we 
<laughs> what's the word? We deserve it. We've earned the right to spend money on certain things. And to some extent, we do need to treat ourselves, but do we need to do it all the time and in excess? And or to the detriment of our financial futures is the question. You know, um, I had a come to a come to Jesus moment with myself earlier because I minimized almost everything in my house. And I looked around, I had like 30 or 40 coffee mugs. Do I need 30 or 40 coffee mugs? No. So I don't get out of my house. Get so, out of my I house. De- so I downside. <laughs> and so when I realized I was collecting coffee mugs, because in my mind it was cool. It wasn't a lot of money, you know, you know, to do. And it kind of was the thing, you know, it was my one of the little things I was doing. And I was like, but it's clutter and I needed more space for it. And so, you know, I ended up doing the whole kitchen and I gave away three to four boxes of kitchen stuff to three or four different households because I didn't need it. I have exactly enough mugs that fit in my cabinet right now. <laughs> I have exactly enough glasses there. So I have exactly the amount that fits in my house. So I didn't keep, so I didn't force myself to keep feeling like you need a bigger house. No, I needed less stuff. It's me again. <laughs> <laughs> this thing. I like this thing. It was my phone. I'm new to iPhone and I put my phone on do not disturb and it still rings. I'm like, and if it rings, it'll kick you out of the um, podcast. So this time, excuse me, this time it was me. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't put mine on do not disturb. Um, But it's it's an exciting thing to really think about and change um, with our finances. But just thinking differently about what we do and I'm not one of those people who, when I talk to people, I'm like, stop going to Starbucks if that's your thing. Stop doing all, all the fun crap in your life. No, maybe do it in mod- moderation until you get your finances in order, you know. But, you know, that's the thing. Do we need to eat breakfast and lunch every day out when we go to work? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you do, like, if you could, like, show me the reason have to you know as a financial person because if you especially but for most people probably can bring a lunch or eat breakfast before you go which means that your grocery bill might be a little bit more but you're not going to be spending all that money out random money right and do it do it less often not don't do it ever type of thing but um the other thing you know and i don't want to I always say this because we don't do it in the melanated community. Get some life insurance. Here's why. Number one, you're not getting out alive. Let's just put that (laughs) out there first. Right. You're not. At the end of the day, if you could show me a way to get out alive, then you're going to be a gazillionaire. Right. You're not getting out a lot. That's number one. Number two, if somebody depends on you financially, then you should have life insurance, period. Um, and I'm not just talking burial insurance because, or whatever. So depending on whatever your preferences are when you're not getting out here alive, you know, have that, right? But I'm talking the, the kind of money that if you weren't here, that your kids could still go to college, your kids could 
still buy a house or they can still have their wedding or whatever. And mom or dad or grandparents or whomever, great auntie or uncle, who were able to fund that for them. I'm talking real generational type money, right? And then the other thing is, and you'll understand this in your professional nurse, if anything were to happen to you and you live, right, uh, what they call riders or extra benefits on life insurance, on certain life insurance policies that a terminal illness or a critical illness like cancer, heart attack, stroke, things like that. Those policies will pay you while you're alive and you don't have to worry about money. You know, outside of that ends. Ask somebody who's had one of those and, they, and, and their six months of short-term and long-term disability are done and they don't have no money, Right. So right. having those things in place to protect ourselves, because we're busting our humps making this money, protect it, you know. Um, and, that, and that really, you know, that's like a personal, um, a personal mission that we get it because we don't get it. Our ancestors didn't have it. Generations ago, they didn't have it to their benefit, you know, and not to be super political, but... We were insured. We just weren't the beneficiaries. The owners mm -hmm. were the beneficiaries. Okay. So, mm -hmm. but now we have a chance to use it in a strategic way, you know, for protection, for, you know, for different things now. And, and, and the crazy part about it is in our community, in the melanated community, us beautiful melanin filled men and women, we have some genetic things that we're predisposed to, right? Right. Why wouldn't you do something to, why wouldn't you do like a risk management plan for that? If you already know you got breast cancer or some type of cancer in your family, everybody in your, in your, in your house should have life insurance with some benefits so that if something like that happens, they covered. That's all I'm saying. We have to think more strategically and more long-term and this is something that I find interesting because, you know, being in finance, you talk to other people because I'm always going after more knowledge, right? I got like a healthy obsession with like trying to know everything and it's not happening fast enough, but <laughs> for me anyway, but talking to a young lady in Atlanta who does a different type of finance, but she works with people. She said her non-melanated clients come to her to figure out how to plan for their children and their grandchildren's college, wedding, and their retirements before they even born. They might have kids who are small, but the grandparents are like, how can I start funding something so that my grandkids have a retirement and their college paid for? They're planning for the long-term because money is one of those things that compounds over time. And if you don't have time on your side, you're losing money. The gazillionaires of the bazillion, the Rothschilds family and um, the Rockefellers and all these families with big money, they have money because they started building it 200 years ago, 300 years ago. Their money is, their money is growing without them even doing anything. And we don't have that. That wasn't our fault, right? But now right. we have to be the ones to step out and say, I got to figure out a way to start that for my family some type of way. I got to figure out a way to change the trajectory, even if it's one family member to one family member and you keep kind of growing it. But we got to think about it differently. 
instead of thinking, I'm just take I'm just taking care of me and mine's. Or I'm not leaving nothing to nobody because ain't nobody do nothing for me. And the thing is, is that we have to get outside of ourselves to a certain extent, you know. And if you're if you're in the spiritual and the metaphysical, you know, community like Jazz and are, Jazz Jazz and I are, then you know you pay homage to your ancestors and things like that. And some of them may have done things and left for you, left things for you, you know. But look at how much we have more to, to work with. You know, if, if, if one of your ancestors right now, how would you feel right now, Jazz? And I'm going to ask you this specifically, not to listen. How would you feel right now if tomorrow you woke up and a family member that maybe you knew or didn't know, unfortunately, they transitioned, but they also made you the beneficiary and they, they left you $500,000 or they left you a million dollars or they left you $1.5 million. Of course, you're going to be sad, right, that they passed. But wouldn't you feel some sense of honor? I would. You know, think about that. Like, how would you feel if a family member left you $500,000 tomorrow? I would definitely be honored. I mean, how can you not be? And that's the thing that we don't think about is, when you choose the lineage, someone unsuspecting or whatever. I mean, and we're not talking about those entitled people, right? We're talking about, you know, someone who you know have had a conversation with you and told you about different things, but they never said, you know, I'm going to leave you this. But you look up and you're like, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. How do I honor what they did? You know, you don't run off and give it all away necessarily. You don't run off and spend it on a wild shopping spree. You're trying to figure out, okay, how can I grow this? How can I you know, honor their memory. And now that their ancestors, they're going to be, you know, spiritually communicating with you how to do things, you know, now you got some leverage, some financial leverage. And so just, you know, and that's something I always ask people, just think about how would you feel if someone, an aunt, an uncle, grandparent, parent, whomever, that you were not expecting, just all of a sudden you received $500,000 you're the beneficiary of $500,000 or a million dollars or even a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, you know, whatever, you know, think about that. And that's the life changing power that we have right now, because there'll be two, three, four generations that are going to come after us that we won't be here for, but we should be planning for, you know, they say in the Bible, (laughs) (laughs) in the Bible, they say in the Bible that you, that a man plans for, not just his children, but his children's children's children. children. And when we think that way, we get to, you know, we, we get outside of ourselves and those things start opportunities to grow that way come to us. And there's one other thing I want to share with you, Jazz, because I've been reading this book um, by this Jewish rabbi. And he talked about uh, when I tell you I'm after all the information about money, I'm after it, girl. Um, What's the name of the book and the author? So the book, the book, I always forget his name, but the book is called Thou Shall Prosper. And um, it's Rabbi, don't give me the line. Um, <laughs> but, but it's called Thou Shall Prosper. And in the book, it's something specific that I really honed in on because it made sense to me and it changed my perspective. He talked about how in the, in the Jewish oral Torah, 
in the you know hundreds of years ago in the oral Torah that they passed down story to story from generation to generation, they spoke very differently about money than it did in the Christian Bible and in the Muslim Quran. And in it, he said that in the in the in the Christian faith and in the Muslim faith, they made it seem as if it was evil or bad to have this money or to or to um have commerce and and charge for things that everything should be the things should you people should just be doing it in charity right and he said and he says in there that and but that's not wasn't true for them in the jewish in the torah in the oral torah they said that it was good to be a businessman it was good to provide goods and services to people to buy from you um, and, and, and you to, and you to be paid for it. Right. And it struck me because in my spiritual journey, I have, you know, been a part of the Christian faith and studied the Bible. And, and when he said, it, I said, goodness, good night. He's right. That they don't say the words that way, but the undertone is it's better to give than to receive, right? And it's right. better to serve and do it for free and be of a benefit to the community by volunteering and doing all those things. And he's like, and so owning a business is not a service to the community? And owning a business just because you charge for the service is no less valuable than someone who volunteers, and does it for free. The difference is that the businessman is giving you his the gift that God gave him. He's exchanging the energy for currency, right? An actual financial currency. But the person who's volunteering and doing it in charity, they're exchanging it for, they're only exchanging it for um, energy, other positive energy or, or pats on the back, if you will. He's like, that's the only difference. And he says, so why is it bad to be a businessman, but it's not bad to go and work for the businessman? Mm. <laughs> so why, why, do, why should you not own the business as well? Exactly. As, as well as, and, 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 and it wasn't a knock to people who work, but he's like, what's wrong with being the business owner? Or being a trusted person with money? And so you know, it, it changed my perspective a little bit. Like, wait a minute, because everything we do, we do in service. Even think about folks that you may know who work for the government or people, positions you know, in the government, the government servants. And people are like, no, they're not, they get paid. Well, yeah, the work that they do is a service and they get paid. What is the difference in a business owner who charges for their service? If I needed your services, does that make you less of a, it, it doesn't make you less of a servant that I paid you for the service you provided for me, whether you be a massage therapist, a, a grocer, an attorney, an accountant, um, or whatever. It doesn't make you any less of a And that was the undertone in the way he was explaining it in the book that in the other established religions at the time. And so I say all that to say, you know, cause I'm guilty of feeling like, oh my God, I shouldn't be charging people for this. 
And I know you can probably relate to that, Jazz. Like, oh, yes. I shouldn't charge. I should just be helping them. Yeah, <laughs> right? and, and sometimes people, they'll, they'll guilt trip me to try to get me out of it, too. And the thing is, is that why is your talent and your gift, why shouldn't you char- Why shouldn't you be able to charge for that gift? Because that's what God put you here with in order to create finance and wealth for you. And just because someone else mm. isn't using theirs, it doesn't mean that yours is any less valuable. So true. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I true. mean, you're quiet, so I think maybe I'm. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, just, sure I'm just blown. <laughs> I'm I'm just blown away at this episode because I didn't expect this to blow me away. I'm like, you know, I'm thinking like. I know Saran gonna get in here and she gonna blow my audience away, but I'm sitting here blown away. Like, hold on. <laughs> you got me sitting here rethinking my whole mindset surrounding finances and money and debt. And we, just and like my is, whole approach to it. And, and and it's it's not, and I don't have this conversation with you because I haven't had these conversations with myself. I haven't challenged myself a little bit, like, mm, what, what is the what in the fragonac bowl are you doing? <laughs> you know, here and there and whatever. And what? Do you, who are you trying to prove something to do today? Why would you buy that? You know, take it back. You know, but right. Um, you know, you know, really thinking. This cannot be our one and only um, episode. This, this just can't be because there there are so many areas with finances that we need to dive into. And one of the most important things that um, I think we need to to dive into, like, is in order to make money, there's an aspect that has to be healed about it, like our whole thought press process mm-hmm. surrounding money, how we look at money, mm-hmm. how we speak the money, or better yet, how we relate to money. Mm-hmm. And it's good to have people in your position who can help people do that. Like, okay, let's really take a look at this. You know, look at your spending patterns. How are you spending money? Why are you doing this when you do this? What's the reason? You know, how can we change it? I just think that all of those are essential to putting people on the path to be um, successful when it comes to, you know, their spending practices and saving money and also opening more channels for money to flow into their lives. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Um, <coughs> and, and, I'm, and I'll be tr- I'm still learning about opening the channel more money to flow and the thing is is that the more I open myself to it the more opportunities show up with what I'm trying to do I have to determine hmm just go along with who Saran has defined herself to be in this time and space is this does this opportunity align with me versus is this a viable opportunity it's like hmm, that's a good looking opportunity but does it align with who i am and the path i'm on right now right and so when i look at opportunities now from a business perspective i'm looking at things from the perspective of does it fit in line with the financial person that i'm going with or does it fit in line with my spiritual growth path right if it doesn't fit into those two things then it's not something that I'm going to probably readily jump into. Um, 
But I will tell other people, I'm like, hey, you know, I, I saw this, this is super cool. It doesn't fit with me. But you may want to look at it. And mm. but a lot of people don't even look at things. They think oh, everything's a pyramid scheme. Everything's fraud. Everything is someone's trying to take all their money. Everything is just a problem. <laughs> right. right. And. But the reality is, is when I see people and I see, and you know, I'm on social media like you, when I see people post about things, they be like, oh, I was doing such and such and such. It's a scam. No, it's not a scam. You didn't work. You didn't do the work. You weren't the person for the job because you didn't get in and overcome who you thought you were to be who you needed to be to get to where you want you wanted to be in that. What you, where you saw yourself when you first saw the opportunity because you were too busy sleeping too long, not being disciplined, not showing up when you need to, not doing what you want and being scared to talk to people about what you do. You know what? I was, um, cause I had been learning lately, like some new skills about like maybe, um, like about, you know, ad services and affiliates and stuff like that, because, mm-hmm. you know, Man, my social media platform is not huge, but, you know, it does get quite a bit of traffic. So I was like, you know what? Let me look into that. But I had ran into this young lady who didn't want to do that work. And, you know, and to do that type of work, it takes time to build. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes time, but, but you just got to work it. And there was this girl who didn't want to work it. And she paid somebody else $30,000 to do it for her. And it wasn't done. And in my mind, she was so upset. And I understand because she was out of her money. And because of the mm-hmm. way the business was set up, there was no way she could get her money back. But essentially, all the things that the girl charged her 30000 to do, I learned to do within a few days by reading a few books and watching a few YouTube videos. It could have very well been done herself had she sat down and took the time to learn and build that platform. People don't want to do the work anymore. And we want a quick fix, right? We buy quick fixes all the time. We go yeah. online, click here, five ways to become a millionaire, 10 ways to get rich fast, 10 ways to become an Amazon reseller. Here's the book. The person that's making the money is the person that you clicked and you bought the item from to show you how to do it when there's free YouTube videos and like you said, books and different things, right? And I'm not, I, and I'm not saying this from a perspective of not having tried to take the shortcut before myself right <laughs> this, is, this is a journal right. I'll be very I'll be very honest on your journal right I had this conversation with one of my financial colleagues that we go live every Thursday um together right and I said you know what we've been trying to buy some of these things to move quickly but we need to do we're not buying anything else and she looked at me like but I like buying stuff I'm like yeah I like buying stuff too but let's just do all these things we already own and she looked at me like wow <laughs> said no nothing else we're going to do all these things we already own right because again being a business owner too there's you know everything is done for you social media done for you emails done for you this done for you that and it's really not done for you because you still have to sit down as a business owner and spend time defining who your ideal client is and really digging into the psyche of that and really understanding the person and learning how to speak their language when you're on social media, right? And right. doing certain things and going, taking the long road once versus buying a hundred shortcuts. Wow. And the long, if we take the long road once, 
we'll never have to go, we'll never have to look at another shortcut again. Yeah. I think one person that I'm that I really view that I um look up to that I learned from is um Indra. Mm-hmm. You know how he sat down for two years and he said he literally looked at almost a hundred or more, you know, charts every day just to learn the stock market and learn the ways of the stock market, you know, mm-hmm. read several books. Um, he truly understands what it means to actually put in work to um yeah. to to build something. I remember many, many, many years ago. I was just starting to do readings and I was talking to him and I was like, you know, I'm trying to be like you. I'm trying to bring in the money. Like you bringing in the money. And he was like, it took me 20 years to get here. You just starting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like, you got to work. Yeah. And essentially that's what I've been doing. Working. But And, and I love that <laughs> about you too. And I love that about him because the transparency is, it, it's a reminder of, okay, you're, three or four years in on the journey and somebody that's 20, 25 years in, they got more information than you do. So take your time and don't beat yourself up and quit. Like I'm never going to get there because guess what? They were here 20 years ago. Right. And, and that's why, like I told you, I have a healthy obsession with really learning more about my craft. I promise you at least 10 to 15 hours a week. And I still work a full-time job. I am doing training. I am going to more classes. I'm doing more YouTube videos. If I'm if I'm working, I'm listening to a YouTube video about something else I know I want to learn about. And then if I find one, I'm like, let me see three more videos and see what their perspectives are. Let me see. And that's how I ended up finding the book by the um, the Jewish rabbi because I was like, I wonder, they are like the masters of money on the low. Let me see what they're talking about. Yep. Where <laughs> the I, money reside. Where the money where reside. The money reside. <laughs> so I started watching a couple of the um there's some young Jewish guys that do podcasts, you know, on uh so I started watching them. And I want to hear what they're talking about. And one of the guys, he was just one of the most arrogant people I have ever seen before in my life, but I wasn't mad at him. And <laughs> he was getting interviewed and he got on his his hit and he the guy asked him a question and something like, Okay, you know, so how do you help your clients budget? He's like, My client my clients don't have He's like, my clients want to come to me. When they come to me, they want to know if they should buy a million dollar beach house or not. How's it going to affect? Okay. I think he lost her again. She was doing good too. The heck? Okay, we're going to go one more round. The, the, um, the, 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 the guys won't let us be great today. There's something in the air. I just think the reception, the reception sucks today. I think um, they- <laughs> So I'm gonna um I'm too go- much. I'm gonna- they they get they, they let too many secrets out. It's good. It's so good though. So I, I you you have to come back. I mean I'm I know I'm supposed to ask your permission, but your your knowledge it just has to be shared and you got several platforms um so i'm going to end this with a few questions my first question for you for someone who wants to start managing their finances are there name a good book that someone can start with a good reference Um, think of one Oh, okay. There's one. Um, the guy's name is, I forgot his name again. Listen, I know the name of the book. It's called Money, Wealth, Life Insurance. It's a really good book. And there's another one. It's called Closing the Wealth Gap. 
and that's by Eugene Mitchell. Those are two really good books. Um, and they talk, it really talks about, especially if you're from the melanated community, it really changes your perspective. Okay. And for, for those who are listening, the links to these books, Thou Shall Prosper, Money, Wealth, and Life Insurance, and Closing the Wealth Gap will be in the description for you to check out. So, Rand, if anyone wants to get in contact with you for your services, how do they get in contact with you? Well, I have a digital business card, uh, saran10k.com. You can go in there and get all my links. But if you want to call me or you want to text me, shoot me a text at 202-253-1400. Or just go to saran10k.com. You can book a 15-minute appointment. My All my initial consultations are mostly are, are pretty much free because I want to get the information out there. And then um, we go from there. Okay, cool. All her information will be in the description as well. Also, I want you to um, share the information about the weekly podcast where you and the young ladies get on there. Y'all talk about money because y'all be giving out some gems during that session. Okay, so it's two podcasts I do. um, Excuse me, they're YouTube podcast so you get to see our faces um on monday nights at 8 30 i go live with dirty little money secrets on facebook and youtube and the links are on the saranton k and i also on thursdays at 8 30 i go live with the millionaire ladies mob it's four of us from all over the country where we talk about different things financial uh, financial finance health and wealth we talk about all three um every thursday at 8 30 Perfect. Okay, so you guys heard it. Durant will be back soon <laughs> to talk about more money because I think these are conversations that really need to be had. Definitely. Um, Saran, I appreciate you so much for coming on here. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't wait to put this out. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for having me. I feel honored to be asked. Um, okay. you know, when you're, you're out here, we out here creating <laughs> content and doing stuff, it's like, ah, nobody sees you, nobody hears you, but it's always good to know that people are listening and you know, ready to take some action. So, thank you for having me for sure. And you know, I have been blessed every from the moment I met you last year, it's almost been a year now. So, by the way, wow. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, if y'all, if you are a pot, if you have a positive mindset and you're looking for a community of like minded spiritual people, our family is the place to be. I mean, we're all linking up. And I was just talking, you, you heard the podcast with a tie on, and I said, you know, we're looking forward to your pancakes. <laughs> so, this is the lady.